history's greatest monsters. You are by far the most evil thing I've encountered. Offer your soul to me, Dark One. No, you can't have my soul. I don't even... Look, just get in here. Adventure time, come on, grab your friends, we'll go to fairy distant lands with Jake the dog and Finn the human are fun. We'll never, never, we'll never. Cinema Oddities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel, most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And on this very special bonus episode of Cinemodities, we are talking about Adventure Time for the first time on Cinemodities, which I'm kind of surprised by that we didn't get to it any earlier. Oh man, Zach, I have so much to say about Adventure Time. I have so much to ask you about Adventure Time. I have so many notes on the finale. Oh, this is going to be a wild ride, Zach. Are you are you ready? Can I just uh, jump right into it? I can only imagine how the, the voice acting alone portion of this episode is going to be like six hours. That's going to be, I think, a bonus, bonus episode. <laughs> Good, because at one point when you get into that, I'm going to say I have to run some errands. I'll be back. I'll be back in a few hours. <laughs> It'll become the solo Rob show. All right. So as I said, this is a very special bonus episode because we are discussing Adventure Time for the first time, because we are discussing the finale of Adventure Time, the series in its entirety. And, as you might have noticed, we had some different intro music. So Anne Inspiriority Complex very kindly covered the intro to Adventure Time for us. That's what you heard before all of this nonsense. Stick around all the way at the end. Our outro won't be something backwards this time, which might be the first time ever, dare I say. Instead, it's going to be the Anne Inspiriority Complex cover of the Adventure Time outro. So we got some good stuff there. And I guess while we're on the topic of music, I'm going to say, uh, 
while these intro and outro covers are pretty short, we even have another song that is about six minutes long that Zach did not want to play in its entirety. I wanted to play it maybe eight or nine times in a row, and Zach was like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> we have to talk about Adventure Time, not listen to it. So what we've decided to do is in the show notes, if I'm calling it the correct thing, Zach, the show notes or the episode notes, we're going to have a link to a Bandcamp page where you can go and download this Adventure Time cover for free from An Inspiriority Complex. And this cover is actually a cover of the Fry song by Marceline the Vampire Queen. So I think Zach actually heard this one, uh, and I think he said he liked it. Or at least I've just imagined that he said he liked it. Is that accurate, Zach? <laughs> it's, it's, I hit more toward the latter. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I'll take him. So the last thing I have to say about the music is in the intro, uh, you will hear some vocals by someone who is not a member of N Inspirity Complex, but someone who is a huge fan of that band and this podcast as well, Philip G. Philip G. is a frequent collaborator with N Inspirity Complex, and he's the one singing those lyrics in the intro. So good stuff. Thanks for working with us. He gets that shout out. All right. Now that our ad revenue has been earned, Zach, we got that money in the bank right there. We can go on and discuss Adventure Time. Oh, Oh, where to start? Where to start? As I'm sure you can surmise, Zach, I don't want to start with the finale. There's a little setup we got to go through, right? Right? Just like the 45 hours of setup I had to watch before I was allowed to watch the finale. <laughs> that is certainly part of it. Zach had, I think, uh, a good a good bulk of the work to prepare, or a bulk, bulk of work to prepare for this discussion. We'll get to see uh, how much he actually did of it. See if he did his homework. There's, you know, the going to be the pre-tests and the post-tests, Zach. <laughs> but I think somewhere that I want to start is our histories with Adventure Time. Because, as I'm sure everyone can tell, I love this show. I'm so excited to finally talk about it. I've seen it so many times. The finale is bittersweet because I actually get to see how it ends. But it's ending at the same time. And Zach is very different. I don't think Zach has seen Adventure Time uh, in any great capacity prior to leading up to this episode. Is that correct? No, I, uh, I've always, I've known what Adventure Time is since it started, but I've never Definitely. watched it. Okay. Did you, did you not watch it because it just didn't seem interesting? Did you like, what turned you away from it? Kind of, was there anything? It was scary. Scary. See, I feel like I remember you telling me that before. Why did you find it scary? <laughs> the same reasons why I found it scary while I was watching this time. It's freaking, it's, it's weird. And it's, it's weird. Okay, okay. Rob's, I, uh, not, Rob's not expecting that as an answer. I don't. I don't really disagree. It definitely has uh, some unique style, very stylistic, stylized elements that I think I'm. I'm kind of guessing that Zach is calling, or what Zach is referring to is weird. So Zach didn't watch too much of it. Uh, like I said, I've watched a lot of it, but uh, I do want to talk a little bit about how I kind of came around to find it. So when I uh, originally heard about Adventure Time, I didn't want to watch it. So I don't know if Zach knows this, but when Adventure Time got popular in like its second season and it really started to take off, it was kind of known for being the stereotypical stoner thing to watch. In, in the college community, people would get high and watch Adventure Time. Have you ever heard that before? Do you know anybody that's done that other than me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... 
all I know about Adventure, when I think of Adventure Time, we'll get into this uh, in a moment or two, is um, I think of Tumblr. The website Tumblr okay. is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Adventure Time. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay, so... After Scary, that is. After Scary, after scary comes first, so, then Tumblr. So it's like the horrific version, or the scarier version of Tumblr. Tumblr's pretty scary as it is right now, right? <laughs> I do not like Tumblr, but we'll get into that in a moment. Okay, so... Uh, I did not. Uh, I knew about this when Adventure Time came out, but I did actually not watch it right off the bat. You know, I was kind of like, eh, I don't want to watch something that's just like, oh my god, so random. That's how a lot of people described it. It's just kind of random nonsense for 11 minutes. It's crazy. That's why you get high and watch it. But I was like, ah, oh, there's better things to do when you get high, as far as I'm concerned. A few years later, I'm getting high with someone, and they're like, man, we should watch Adventure Time. And I was like, okay, let's watch it. And I kind of fell into the stereotypical trap that I didn't want to a few years prior. But at this point, Adventure Time, I think, was in its fourth season. So we had a lot of it to binge. And, you know, I kind of just took it. Mm, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Finn says mathematical in the first episode as like an expletive. And that's really cool. Uh, you know, just using mathematical and algebraic as fun terms like that. I was on board. But then... And this comes into the fact of why I love Adventure Time so much now. As we were watching it, we hit the third season. We hit the episodes Holly Jolly Secrets, part one and part two. And they drop storyline and emotional connections to characters that you've never felt connections to before, like a ton of bricks. And that's where the show really comes into its own. And why I love it so much is because we really get to grow with these characters throughout this, these nine seasons. We kind of get the, oh my god, everything's so random, the young aspect of things. And then as you watch it, you get to see Finn, Jake, all our characters kind of emotionally and physically progress. This is, I think, one of the shows I love because we get Finn's birthdays, you know, every season. Like, he, we get to watch him get older, and that's really, really cool. I love that aspect of the storytelling. And I guess to sum everything up, this is one of my favorite TV shows ever because, very rarely, TV shows make me care about the characters. And goddamn, I care about the characters of Adventure Time. This show is cathartic. Not many things have ever done that, and I'm happy this one did. So that's my background in history with Adventure Time. That's why I love it. Uh, so now, Zach, I guess I have to ask the question, how much Adventure Time did you watch prior to the finale in preparation for this? Oh, you mean stuff that you gave me? Yes, yes. So I guess I to frame this, I gave Zach a lot of episodes of Adventure Time and little cliff notes on them and what he needs to know to understand them, I basically gave him kind of the summary of Adventure Time to prepare him for the finale. Well, I got, bone, I got a bone to pick with you about that in the finale. Okay, okay. I yes. brothers doesn't want to talk about the finale. All right, so yeah, <laughs> I, I never watched Adventure Time. Rob gave me a bunch of stuff. It felt like I was doing homework. I got like, <laughs> some of the episodes, like, I got 30, we want to call them segments, because an episode is two, two stories. Yeah, well, I I uh, technically consider like an episode each of the eleven minute chunks. That's what I consider the episode in terms of the TV airing. Yes, they they did air as kind of two eleven minute chunks together as an episode. Some of the files I gave you definitely followed that, but a lot of them I gave you were just the the little eleven minute chunks. Yes. So I got in the ballpark around a little, around a little over thirty. Where you want to call it shorts or stories? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um. 
And I watched all of them. Some of the, the notes were the most hysterical part of this. Some notes were only like one bullet point long. Others <laughs> were like 16 pages long. I think I'm still reading one of them right now. Uh, I gave up three quarters of the way through. Cause I'm like, if, if 11 a minute cartoon needs this much backstory explained for it, it's not, I, sh- I don't need to be watching it, but I watched it. Good. Good. Yeah, I, I watched all the Rob nonsense. I watched the finale twice. I watched I watched the finale without any context. I had not seen the Rob episodes yet. Mm-hmm. Then I watched all the Rob episodes and watched the finale and said, you know what? I didn't need to really watch any of those episodes because I don't really I didn't have I don't think I got I had a even outside of knowing some of the characters. Yes. I don't think I had any better of a grasp on the impact of the finale. If I had not watched those 30 episodes. You know what? When I uh, watched the finale, I uh, very unfortunately felt the same way. I had suspected the finale was going to focus on the Princess Bubblegum arc much more than it actually did. She's hardly in the finale. Yes, and that was very surprising to a lot of the fans because it was kind of the setup of this finale was, you know, everything else that had transpired prior to this had wrapped up a lot of the characters' storylines. And Princess Bubblegum was kind of the only one that was left. And so the the thought was that, well, okay, you know, Princess Bubblegum and Uncle Gumbald are going to war. That was how they were advertising the finale. That was what I was trying to prepare Zach for. And we will talk about that, kind of the, the, the very quick wrap-up we do get of the Princess Bubblegum arc. But we kind of get a, a very, very quick curveball halfway through the episode of the finale and we have Golb, and we have kind of you know the whole wrap-up of the ice king story arc so it did take a turn that i did not expect and i'm i'm sorry to say that that's why i think those episodes didn't give you as much of a uh, a foundation for the finale as we both would have liked them to so i totally acknowledge that zach he but failed, hey, at the, folks, he failed. At the, I don't think I failed because Zach still got to watch Adventure Time that he wouldn't have watched otherwise. And this is the trade-off for all the unsolved mysteries I want. <laughs> so it's a square deal as far as hey, I'm concerned. Those were optional. <laughs> those were optional to watch. You insisted on watching more than I gave. You're like, just I'm like, I'll give you a few segments. You're like, send me them all. And I'm like, okay then. I this, never asked for any trade-off. Adventure Time. That guy shoved at me. I got hot potato, except it was a giant lump of an Adventure Time. It's the trade-off. Now Zach has all these episodes forever, and, you know, when he comes to love Adventure Time, he can go back and watch them, and, you know, he can read all my notes. It'll be great. So, okay, we, we are going to talk about the finale. We have to talk about the finale. That's what we're going to focus on. But, Zach, I have one more thing that I've been waiting so long to discuss about Adventure Time, and it's its cancellation. I very briefly want to talk about why this is ending and why I think it's a mistake. Shocker, right? I don't think it should be ending. Zach isn't too uh, familiar with Adventure Time. He's no, he said he knows of it, of course. It's, it's popular. It's famous. Um, he might be able to answer some of the questions in here. And that's why I really want to talk about this. I think, Zach, you have a better understanding of what goes on, say, behind the scenes uh, at Cartoon Network and maybe why they made some of the decisions that they did. But honestly, as far as I can tell, they killed Adventure Time. So when Adventure Time came out and it started to gain popularity, like second and third season, it started just, you know, it was a huge deal for Cartoon Network. I feel like when you think of the hard-hitting Cartoon Network shows, you have kind of all the classic famous ones, like back in the day of, you know, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, Courage the Cowardly Dog was in that era. 
And then there was kind of a drought. And then Adventure Time was a big return for them, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I know they had the Star Wars shows, and I'm sure that had, you know, a huge impact for them. But Adventure Time was something new. And it was a huge deal for Cartoon Network. And when they saw it growing in popularity, they kind of did... Uh, the best way I can describe this is they did what AMC tried to do. Do you remember back in the day, Zach, when AMC was barely a known network? Like, it was around, but it wasn't popular. And then Breaking Bad came out, and everybody cared about AMC. Do you remember I thought that? Mad, didn't Mad Men come first? Mad Men did come first, but I see Breaking Bad as the big turning point for AMC. Like, like Mad Men was kind of, it built the runway for Breaking Bad to take off. That's how I've always seen it. And when AMC, and any time, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, when AMC was successful with Breaking Bad, they said, hey, let's stretch Breaking Bad out as far as we can. Let's have a year between seasons. Let's have a year and a half between seasons. And during its downtime, we will take a shotgun approach of TV shows. AMC said, we will take anything we can get and make a pilot, and we'll hope it sticks. And it did work for them, because that's when The Walking Dead came into play, and everybody loves The Walking Dead. I think that's still on. Um, I never watched that, but I, I certainly know of its popularity. And Cartoon Network tried to do the same thing. They tried to stretch Adventure Time out and jam in as many new shows as they could. And arguably, it worked for them as well. I think that's where uh, Gumball came from. I don't know the full name of the show. It might just be Gumball. Uh, that's where Steven Universe came from. That was a huge success for Cartoon Network. I'm pretty sure Gravity Falls was in there. That was a pretty big success for Cartoon that, Network. That, that's uh, Disney XD. Oh, that is Disney. Sorry, sorry. Okay. So then I'm um, thinking of a different one. Um, no use thinking of it now. But Cartoon Network tried to approach... Adventure Time, as its kind of golden goose, as a cow, they just needed to milk dry and stretched it out. And then, after, you know, season five, season six, when there are huge amounts of episodes per season, I think it's something like 56 to 64 episodes in those seasons, but they were taking years to come out. There was so much downtime with no episodes. They weren't coming out weekly. They were almost coming out, like, bi-monthly at a certain point. They made the decision to cancel Adventure Time. Because of decreased viewership. Of course! Of course you're going to get decreased viewership if you don't have a consistent release schedule. I think that's something Zach said to me before we started this podcast. I Like, that's just one of the golden rules, right, Zach? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, smothering something certainly um, doesn't help it or do it any favors. Exactly. And they just, they stretched Adventure Time out so it made people not want to watch it. They couldn't watch it. You'd have to kind of look up every week, oh, what day of the week and what time would Adventure, Adventure Time going to air? Like, it was just so inconsistent. And then they cancel it. And when they cancel it, Cartoon Network basically says, okay, we're going to stretch it out even further. The episodes that aired before the finale, I think I might have told Zach this, but for anyone who doesn't know, they aired in four-episode batches three months apart it took us a year to get 12 episodes. Like, that's crazy. Sorry, 16. That is crazy. That is a ridiculously slow pace to reach episodes. And then don't get me started on the finale. Zach knows this better than anyone. We've been planning this episode for months now. We had no idea when the finale was going to come out. It has literally been six months since the last canonical episodes of Adventure Time have aired. 
Zach, do you have any insight onto what Cartoon Network possibly could have been thinking with any, like, any idea? It just seems like they tanked this. Uh, I don't, well, okay, I, I'll admit I'm not an expert on Adventure Time or anything that Rob just said. Um, but from what, again, Wikipedia has been wrong before, so I have no idea if it's correct. But from what I can see, they aired the episodes at a pretty regular schedule until the last season. I have no idea if that's... I know Wikipedia has been wrong when it comes to TV air dates before. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I can see on there, I don't know. I'll have to look by IMDb just to, to verify. But when it comes to children's TV shows, uh, my favorite example of uh, stretching a TV series after it ended sure. is Lizzie McGuire. Oh, uh, okay. I, I loved Lizzie McGuire growing up, but I got into it like right... I think it was already... they. Oh, because okay. Real quick uh, backstory on Lizzie McGuire. What happened was the show was like filmed from like two thousand to two thousand. I think it was like two thousand to two thousand one. Okay. In two thousand two, they shot the movie. But because it was such a, I think it's only like 65 episodes, but it became Disney Channel's like flagship TV. It kind of like set the mold for like every other Disney show since then. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have Hannah Montana or any of those other just like generic female led uh, Disney sitcoms. Sure. And what happened was like they aired all the stuff. The contracts were all up. Michael Eisner refused to read because Hillary Duff won the same amount of money to come back. And he's like, <laughs> screw this. <laughs> and so they literally like the last episode like was filmed like in 2001 but they stretched the series until like i think spring of 2004 oh like really like air an episode like once every like six like four months oh my god and like, i remember that though i was like oh it's like because I, I got into like i really came like obsessed with lizzie mcguire in, like the fall of 2003 when hillary duff like launched her music career Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's new episodes. And it was like, wait. And they also aired them like out of order, so like there was no continuity. It was funny. Like she graduated middle school. Then like there was like five more episodes of her still in middle school. Um, animation, uh, television show is really weird. It doesn't really fall, follow a conventional sense of like where network television or even like cable or anything else does. Okay. Um, that that's just my. I, that, I, it's very rare for a children's series because I think a lot of it's just it's not taken seriously. It's like mm. it's just it, it's it's. Oh God! It's like uh, feed the. It's like feed what you give like farm animals. It's just it's there. It's slop. It's not meant. It's not high art. Um, it's there to basically it's filler when you advertise Lucky Charms and Bratz dolls. That's a really that's a really good point. That you know, uh, the executives don't look at the Cartoon Network executives. Whoever's making this decision to cancel, not cancel. When do they air Adventure Time? Those people are not necessarily looking or maybe definitely not looking at this as, you know, a piece of artwork. They're looking at it as a cash cow. They're looking at, you know, how do we make the most money out of this? How do we make the biggest impact with what we have? And at the same side, you know, alternatively, I am such a fan and the other people I know who feel the same way as I do, we are such fans who do see it as art, that we care about it and we wanted it to continue and we wanted it to earn or have the spot that it deserves and it has earned that we feel. But that's a really good point. Um, we're looking at it, the Cartoon Network and the fans in different ways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, like the other example I do. Cause um, it's like a Disney channel does this a lot. Like there'll be a TV show mm-hmm. that will air like, Oh my Lord, like 15 times a day. 
like it'll just air like basically once every three hours. And okay. there's, I, forget, I forget what it was. There was a show. I don't remember. Law and Order. No, well, <laughs> well Kitty's show. Kitty's show. We got to put our Kitty's show hat <laughs> on now. Law and Order Kids. Well, uh, baby, Law and Order, Law, Law and order, Law and order uh, Hate babies. Crimes for Kids. <laughs> Law and Order Babies. There we go. I like Baby it. Jerry Orbach. Um, <laughs> sign me up for that. Uh, anyway, though, so I forget what it was. Disney Channel show. It basically, like, it aired all the freaking time. Um, it, I remember, like, seeing it advertised. It was like, oh, the series finale of X the show. And the show, like, within, like, two days, it just ceased being aired on the network anymore. Like, it show oh. up. Like, it's funny. Disney Disney Channel has been doing this pretty much ever since I can remember watching it. Or, like, if you'll wake up at, like, 3 a.m. and put Disney Channel on, mm-hmm. those are the shows that are about to, like, just disappear from the network. <laughs> and like, those are the shows that are just going to, like, I remember when I was really young, it was, like, The Little Mermaid show and, like, Winnie the Pooh. Like, unless you woke up at, like, 4 in the morning, you never saw those. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what you do. Like, you put on, like, again, I, I, I'm an old man. I still have cable. Sure. So, like, if you put any, you put, like, Nickelodeon, well, not, Nick, a lot of them do now, like, the weird, like, retro blocks. Like, I know, like, you put, like, Nickelodeon on, or, no, um, Nicktoons. At, like, 2 a.m., they'll be, like, hey, hey Arnold and, like, Rugrats. Okay. Okay. But, like, if you, like, put, like, Nickelodeon on. Or um, Cartoon Network, you'll see some of the older, like not older shows like Courage or Dexter, mm-hmm. but you'll see things like Gumball or regular shows, shows that were popular, but there's there, the advertisers obviously aren't putting money behind shows that are now defunct. Yeah, and and they're just kind of being put out the pasture until eventually they disappear. Yep. So so like, okay. there's not going to be a DVD release. There's not going to be anything like that. Maybe they'll show up on a streaming service until that mm-hmm. until a contract runs out. But they more or less have they, like Rick Robinson, the cash cow has been used up and it will yeah. be discarded because it no longer is making money. Okay. Yep. Yep. Or in Cartoon Network's case, we replace everything with Teen Titans Go. <laughs> Are they still pushing that? Oh, God, really? <laughs> I, okay. I don't watch. I I don't have. I'm the opposite of Zach. I don't Rob's watch a cord any cutter. TV with commercials at all. <laughs> He's a cord cutter. Uh, no, like there's a great Simpsons joke. I think describes Cartoon Network's current business model perfectly. Okay. Uh, Bart goes into like the mall. I think he's getting his ear pierced. He's like, can I get my ear pierced? And the guy's like, you better hurry, kid. We're about to become a Starbucks in five minutes. And Bart walks out of the, of the place, and literally the entire mall is just Starbucks shops. Um, that's essentially Teen Titans Go with Cartoon Network. It's just, you put Cartoon Network on, it's just, it's the Teen Titans Go Network. It's just every hour, it's just marathons of that. And there's like nothing else but Teen Titans Go. And what makes that even more interesting is that that Teen Titans Go, the movies came out, and it bombed. Oh, so okay. I, I don't. Is it because and that's the fun thing about like TV movies where it's like, oh, did it bomb because there's no audience for it, or the audience said, why am I going to spend fifteen dollars to see this when I could just sit at home and watch the same stuff? Yeah, that's the weird sort of like dichotomy when it comes to TV movies. Hmm. But that's a discussion for another day. Okay, interesting. I don't think I've ever seen Teen Titans Go, but I've seen like pictures of it. And does not look appealing to me. I would say <laughs> it's exactly if you looked if you saw one image of it, it's exactly what you think it is. If you actually okay. watched it, okay, <laughs> okay, right on. Well, uh, Zach, that's uh, that's it for the Cartoon Network cancellation. I like the point you made. You know, they're using it as a cash cow. I'm thinking of it as a huge fan, and I wish it could have gone on longer. But hey, now that it's over. It did get a whole lot of episodes. I got plenty of stuff to rewatch. So, on to the finale. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay, so, Zach, I have I have tried to streamline my finale discussion. Are you proud of me? 
Until we until we keep the voice acting segment contained to 120 <laughs> minutes or less, I will then be proud of you. Okay, so th- I think the two main things I want to talk about the finale is I have some general thoughts. I have some general thoughts about how I feel it fits with Adventure Time and, you know, general thoughts about the finale as the only, you know, 44-minute episode of Adventure Time. The other thing I want to discuss is some of the finer details of the finale. Now, there's a lot in here. I think even though Zach isn't familiar with Adventure Time, you can get kind of, or did you get the feeling that there's a lot of references that are hidden in there? Like kind of, it's very densely packed with with story. That's that's really what it is. And I don't know if you got that sense or not, but you can go online and you can Google like Easter eggs in the Adventure Time finale. You can Google Easter eggs for just the intro. You can Google the Easter eggs for the outro when they're singing the full version of Come Along With Me. And there's so many of these. Like, everybody's done this. Everybody's written these articles, posted on Reddit about this. And I did the same thing, of course, when I watched the finale for, like, the fourth time. I, you know, would pause at certain things, certain scenes, and I'd look in the background, and I'd see what was going on, and I made tons and tons of notes. So I don't think it's useful to go through all of my notes, because there's so many of these references that have been picked up so many times already. They're pretty obvious for the fans of Adventure Time. But here's the thing. In my analysis of the finale, looking at these little Easter eggs, I found a few that I have either only seen mentioned once or twice on the internet, or not mentioned at all. And that's a pretty small list, and so I think those are the ones I want to talk about. So those are my two things, Zach. Finale as a whole, and then the little Easter eggs that I don't think anyone else has picked up on yet, or very few people have picked up on. Which one would you like to start with, Zach? (laughs) Um... Okay, overall thoughts. Okay, okay. So, I, I really want to know what you think. I really want to know what you thought. You know, yes, it's weird. Maybe you didn't understand a lot of the story. But general thoughts about, you know, kind of the Adventure Time finale. Anything that came to mind. I really don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I watched, okay, because Rod gave, gave me these episodes like 17 months ago, like before the podcast even started, I think I had these episodes. He's like, it's coming, but I don't know when. And it wasn't pretty much until I think the week before the finale. I think Rob got a TV guide. He bought it from the local uh, grocery store and he looked under, um, when this air? On Sunday or Monday? Uh, Monday, Monday, I believe. Monday. And so I think Rob looked under Monday and saw that was airing. I remember I was like, I was eating dinner and I was scrolling through TV and it's like Adventure Time New. And I'm like, I wonder if this is it. And I'm like, I text Rob. He's like, yeah, that's it. And I watched it. I think I came in like five minutes late to it. I'm watching it. Again, I, I know who Jake and Finn are. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know who they are. They're enough oh, yeah. the, the pop culture enough. Like, uh, infamously, as I told Rob, I tweeted once to Red Letter Media of the Jake and Finn float at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's a little pig riding a Twinkie, and they retweet it. And to this day, like once every like six months, I'll get a retweet from that, and I don't know why. Um, but no, nice. so like I'm watching it. I have no idea other than Jake and Finn who any of the characters are. I'm, I'm like, okay, things are happening. Um, like, okay, I recognize that guy, uh, like the Ice King. I'm like, I recognize him as a character. And I'm like watching it, I'm like... Um, when the two female characters kissed, I'm like, well, I know that's going to be the only highlight that I read on the internet about this. <laughs> I know that's the only thing that anybody's going to take away from this thing is going to be that. Um, watched it. I saw the thing at the end with the two, like, the little mousy character and the giant Jake. Mm-hmm. And I texted Rob. I'm like, wait, are they doing another series? They're just going to like do a spinoff? And Rob's like, there's a comic, but I think that's it. 
It's I had no idea. I, I missed the first five minutes of it. So I'm like, sure, oh, maybe sure. they're, they're leading it into maybe do who knows? Like they could very easily take this. Like Netflix could write them a check and say, just do something. We want content. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, I can't watch it. I, I, it was kind of, again, it's a ambiguous ending. I think that's safe to say for any of the main characters. And so I really had no idea. Like, okay, cute. It's, it's maybe the worst way to watch a TV show you've never watched before. Start <laughs> you, with the finale. Yeah, you watch the end first. It's like it's reading the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Um, then I, over the last few days, I've rewatched the, um, 75 hours that Rob's given me at adventure time nice. and I'm watching it. I'm trying and he did give me these like out of order, you know, like he, he had his own kind of like a, a character arc of princess Bubblegum, which mm-hmm. I had my own questions about as a character. Sure. Uh, so obviously that was the theme of the episodes Rob gave me for the most part as a, for a show called adventure time with Jake and Finn. I'm like. There's not a lot of Finn and Jake in any of this. <laughs> I'm like, I, why isn't this show called Princess Bubblegum the show? Because clearly this this is the the, 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 the stuff that Rob wanted me to watch. Um, then I, I then today I rewatched the finale and, and I've had a little bit more context to it. Like I knew who Lemonhead was. I definitely <laughs> Unacceptable <laughs> I definitely know who that is as a character now. Yes, I definitely gave Gave Zach some of the lemon grab episodes because those oh, lemon are. Lemon grab, excuse me, excuse me, lemon grab. Acceptable. Yeah, those um, are. I think those are like the craziest and weirdest episodes of Adventure Time in its entirety. Okay, uh, maybe that's another reason why I think this show is weird is because Rob gave me the, the most distilled, crazy version of it. <laughs> I don't think Rob did this show justice in the way he presented it to me. I don't but... think. See, that was something that I agree with when I was making this list for Zach. I was torn between doing it justice and giving Zach a manageable amount of episodes to watch. (laughs) And I tried to strike a balance. I think the only way to do this show justice is to watch it straight through. I don't know how you can watch this. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know how you, that's one that I never understood. I I don't understand the binge culture. I just don't get that as a thing. Um, I cannot fathom watching all like 300 episodes of this show and being able to absorb even a fraction of it. Sure, sure. Because to be, on, to be honest, I did not like this show, really. But I okay. get, like I said, I, I, to be, but again, I did not get a, a accurate representation of it. I got a very uh, personal-selected portal into it, into the yes. world of Adventure Time. Yes. So I don't think it's fair to really... But uh, I found Princess Bubblegum a very unlikable character, and I was really oh, hoping good. at one point something... <laughs> okay, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> Rob... That's okay. <laughs> okay, Rob, Rob fed me the answers he was looking for. Princess Bubblegum is straight evil. We're going to talk about that when we get into the okay, finale. Okay, good. Because I'm watching this, I'm like, how is she a sympathetic... Like, she's not a sympathetic character. Um, she's probably the most unlikable character in the entire show. He's the devil. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, and so, like, oh, anyway, though, so, like, when I originally watched the finale, the day night aired, it was trending on Twitter, and it's, like, Adventure Time finale. I'm like, okay, maybe this will give me a good idea into, like, what the fan... I know, again, even before this, I knew this is always a Tumblr thing. Like, yes. anytime, like, I heard people talk about Tumblr, like, it's, like, adventure time. It's, like, fan art and, like, having, like, um, uh, uh, Jake sodomizing Finn. Like, really weird stuff <laughs> like that. Like, and that's just what it is. Like, people want sexualized cartoon characters. Well, of course, yeah. yes. You know, if, okay, if that's it what exists, we all do there's porn of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not porn because it's not – I don't – I'm not going to get in there. But I, it's just a weird <laughs> – maybe that's why I've looked at Adventure Time the weird ways because it's just the, the stupid fan base that's kind of glommed onto it and, and steered the conversation. But anyway, though, so I, I looked at the trending topic for Adventure Time, all the articles, and literally the every article – I read like five or six articles, and the only aspect of the finale they focused on was um, Princess Bubblegum and the vampire girl kissing. That was the, If, if yep. you didn't know anything about this show, 
that out of 44 minutes, three seconds of it was all that happened. Because I'm, I'm trying to find out who, like, Shermie and Beth are. And, like, mm-hmm. who are these characters? And, like, the, nothing. It's just no mention of Finn, uh, Ice King, the two characters kissing, female characters. That was all that mattered in this show. And I'm yep. like, okay, apparently 10 years of a show and 300 episodes can be boiled down to two female characters kissing. That So there was kind of a setup for this. Uh, this this was fan service for sure, like actually getting Marceline and Princess Bubblegum to kiss. This is something that, you know, people have speculated and wanted for a long, long time. A, a lot of fans of Adventure Time. But it wasn't just thrown in the finale, you know, for solely that reason. There was some setup prior to it. Um, but I, I do agree with you, Zach. That is the big thing you hear about this finale. And I'm upset about that because that is not the biggest thing to happen in this finale. There's stuff that's way more impactful in terms of Adventure Time, I would say. But you are absolutely right. That's what was trending. That was the hot topic after this aired. And it's a little bit of a bummer, as of, you know, I think for the hardcore fans. Every single image for this of, of the finale uh, review, whether it be, and this wasn't just like stupid fan sites, this was like the the Hollywood trades, like any sort of entertainment thing that like reviews stuff and some that were more high profile than others. Like that was just like, it's like when we talk about this show 30 years from now, we'll have to explain to our children why that was a cheerable moment. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, it's like, it's like, if you want, it's like, what? I'm like, how, how is that a review of the finale? It's like, whatever, man. Yeah, that's it, bad. It, it's, that's, that's yeah, because I'm trying to look. Like, somebody who's trying to get into this, I'm like, oh, I want to read it. I'm like, okay, this is clearly the only thing that's worth writing about. And it's just, it's dis- not disappointing, but it's like, this because that's one thing also in my research for this show. They did, uh, and plus the episodes that Rob showed, some of the episodes Rob showed me, was that they did a great job of setting things up like years in advance. Yes. That they would later pay off on. Mm hmm. And considering all the episodes, out of the 30 segments I watched, there's so much romantic tension between Finn and Princess Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not get any episodes of the vampire character, like of the Grey. Like I know, like I watched the finale the second time. Like, who is this character? Why, why do I have never seen this character? If they play, if they can turn into a giant, like, rabid lamb? Um, mm-hmm. why, is there a reason why I didn't get any episodes with that character? So, the, the, the backstory and the really a lot of the story, of Marceline the Vampire Queen was given to the viewers of Adventure Time in the first mini-series ever. And oh, so there's that, a mini-series? There's three mini-series in, in Adventure Time history, and they consist of eight episodes each. The first one is called Stakes, and it focuses on Marceline. It's Marceline's history about her, uh, a little girl, when she's, you know, surviving the, the Mushroom War, the nuclear holocaust that, like, demolishes Earth before all Adventure Time happens her surviving with the Ice King, and then her becoming a vampire hunter. So I would have had to given you eight more episodes to given you the reason why she can turn into the big lamb thing, as I think you described it. Like, yes. that, that, was a, that was a very, very kind of detailed story arc that all tied together. It was basically like a TV movie. Oh... So um, that was one of the cool things in the finale that she got to use that power because like the end of that series, like it leads to her getting that power, like, you know, absorbing and defeating the Vampire King for the second time. Um, And it's cool to see her get to use that. That was a pretty interesting uh, Easter egg, you know, a little uh, she gets to use a a power she gained recently type of thing. So so that's part of the, the reason, Zach. I think, like I said, I was trying to strike that balance between a manageable amount of episodes 
and and enough setup. Because as I think, but I think as we're both, you know, as you're realizing now, as and I, I know, there's so much that was really touched on in this finale. It would have been near, you would have been watching 30 more episodes, 60 more episodes, 90 more episodes to get all of that foundation type of thing. Yes, definitely. Yes. So I think um, the one thing that you are picking up on that we've, we've hit a little bit is that these episodes near the end, I guess we could talk about the finale first, it feels a little rushed, like the events of the episode. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that goes for any sort of finale, for anything. It's always going to seem rushed. Sure, I, I think sure. that's just, unless you do a, a, a season that's solely devoted to wrapping everything up, mm-hmm. I don't think any show can wrap something up in, in an hour. Especially one like this that spanned uh, uh, years. Sure, sure. And I, I guess I am thinking of the finale and the other episodes that were released in like, you know, every three months. I also felt those were rushed, and you only got to see a few of those um, in your, you know, in the smorgasbord I gave you of, of Adventure Time. But I think that was an artifact of them, you know, because they got canceled and they were trying to tie up these loose ends to make things feel a little more satisfactory. And it was good. I liked these last episodes. You know, I liked the finale. Um, but it, it feels rushed and it's just because I think, you know, that's the time crunch they were under because they had a limited amount of episodes that they could release. Uh, but I, I do agree with you. If you have any finale, you have to pack a lot in there and it's always going to seem like you're not devoting enough time to certain things. So that's fair. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll say a little bit more. I loved the finale. I actually think it fits really well with the rest of Adventure Time Going into into the finale, I really only wanted one thing to happen. Like I said before, I thought it was going to be a lot about Princess Bubblegum and her story arc. But I really wanted Betty to save the Ice King. And that actually happens. That actually is basically the end of the episode, the last half of it, when Betty harnesses the big red gold creature and, you know, Ice King turns back into Simon and he stays Simon. I really wanted that to happen. And it happened perfectly, I think. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, I was satisfied in terms of my Adventure Time finale. And from everything I've been reading, Zach, maybe you've seen some of this as well. Other people seem satisfied as well. You know, this doesn't seem to be a lost scenario where the majority of viewers are like, what the fuck was that? Like, most people seem content with the end of Adventure Time. Have you been seeing some similar? Uh, I only read that one night worth of trending of uh, the okay, topics okay. and no mention of that whatsoever. So solely, like, I, I, I don't mean to sound hyperbolic, but like, it was just that again, I'm scrolling through. I'm like, how can you write something that much on this? Um, and that was yeah, it. Like that was the, I, I'm not joking. That was literally the only thing I could find that night. And I'm talking like five or six different articles. And after the six, I'm like, forget it. Clearly this sure. is just giving you the thing that the, uh, Okay, this is not fans. These are uh, entertainment journalists yeah, who are being yeah. paid. So obviously they they have their own – what they focus on is probably – if they're even fans, I doubt they're focusing on what they want to focus on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, I, I, did not, yeah. I did not read anything about that. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good point that you bring up that you know the, the opinions that I'm getting from people are from the fans. Like you know the, uh, the, the forums where I, I watch these episodes – the people on here loved it. You know, they all were like super excited about the finale and, and, you know, it seemed like there wasn't a huge backlash for anything. If there was a backlash for anything from the diehard fans, I think it would be exactly what we're saying that the mainstream media is spending way too much time 
on, you know, this very minute aspect of the finale that isn't really that surprising. It's something that we kind of saw coming if you've, you know, watched Adventure Time, if you've been aware of that fandom and that relationship between Marceline and Princess Bubblegum. So I guess, I guess Princess Bubblegum is the first half of the episode, what we have to start with. I'm glad you agree with me, Zach. Not a lot of people agree with me. When I talk about Adventure Time with people, one of the things I've always said is that Princess Bubblegum is the devil. She's literally evil incarnate. And the reason I've said this before is because her whole thing, like her whole existence, is creating life to control it. That's one of the definitions or the criterias of being evil, I think. You create life solely to control it. I'm not okay with that. And is that what you got from the episodes I gave you? Because you said you don't like her. She, you know, she was a bad character or, you know, bad person. She's unlikable. Not only she's a bad character, but unlikable. she's a very okay. character. Did you, did you get that kind of controlling sense from Princess Bubblegum? Well, like, I... Again, I don't have. I guess I don't have a complete grasp on her character, but I definitely have any of the others. I certainly do. Uh, from what I saw of her, again, like Rob did point out, she likes to create uh, life, and then she likes to do it though. But she also has deep contempt for all of her citizenry, like like, like <laughs> oh, deep yeah. contempt. Like they're morons, they're idiots, they're this. I get a feeling like I know there's a website Rob gave me where her brother like lives in the dungeon underneath the castle yes. and suckles at the, like the root teeth. That like it then like produces like sugar juice. water, yeah, the like juice the juice for that, all of the candy kingdom. Yes, which I felt was like a, a, a quasi soylent green as people. Oh yeah, moment for the series, <laughs> and yeah, everybody's just fine with it. And then, and the weirdest part of this is like, the, like I'm watching this show, and it's just like this character is just so wonky. She she's always teasing Finn, like or I guess a. Uh, like because he's always interested in her. Then she gets done what she does to the fire princess. Like she goes in, oh, like yeah. tries to like extinguish them because she's like, I can't trust you people with these weapons. They How didn't even know they were that? there. That's so fucked up. <laughs> I know. And she's like, I'm gonna take away your thing. You have no right to have these. It's like, oh, okay then. Um, like Rob says, she definitely has a need to control everything. Yes. And she's not really the most competent leader either. Nope. And then, like, they'll go between, again, because Rob also gave me the episodes out of order when he gave me the order he wanted me to watch them in. Like, another thing I don't get, why she go, like, a couple times I thought maybe because Rob knows you're watching cartoons. Like, mm-hmm. for the, I know Star Wars, the Clone Wars did this. For, like, the first two seasons, the characters have one type of outfits they wore throughout, like, the entire events of the show. Mm-hmm. Then the latter seasons, they wore a completely different wardrobe that was a little bit more animation, fo- uh, animation-wise, like, refined. Sure. And so a couple times we watch the episodes and like she'd be dressed like a second grader, like in a princess gown. And other times she looked like a college student. And it's like, and then they, they go back and forth between the two. And I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, I, I can't figure out what the point of this character is. Because Jake and Finn never have any issues with her. Like yeah, Finn only they... has an issue with her on a romantic level. Other than yes. that, he's, he's unwavering his support of her. Yeah, they're like her knights, basically. That's what they've devoted themselves to being, is like protecting her in the Candy Kingdom type of thing. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Plus, she's like a, like a weird, like the magic thing, too, where she's a, a scientific mind, she re- and she rejects anything that's mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in a world where she's made out of gum, yet she... she- <laughs> She yes. refuses to believe in any sort of magic. Yeah, um, I love even though there's people. Again, there's the Ice King that can do all these things. The Fire Princess, yet 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel this show like trying to go for like whimsical and mystical uh, stuff, and yet there mm-hmm. is that Tumblr aspect of it. Like, no, everything's based in fact. It's like it's like you know, thing. It's, I don't know. Is this this show is like trying to balance so many different like themes, yet they contradict each other? Yeah, uh, I, I guess it. Yes, they, and, they and, contradict each other from the perspectives of different characters, and this is something that I really like about it. Where Adventure Time, like each of their characters, is very set in their ways, but the way that the show presents the characters working together, who not, who don't always necessarily agree, you definitely get the feeling that the show is giving you contradicting perspectives on things, and they, I I definitely get that, and I really like that about this. But it's from certain characters, and so it's kind of like. The episode doesn't give you one overall meaning. The different pieces that form that episode are what you can latch on to and think about. Does that make sense? Uh, yes and no. Like, I know this is the one episode where she, when, when uh, the, the water, water print, or the ice princess, whoever her name is. When they unlock, Patient St. Like, Pym, yeah. Of course. Um, <laughs> like, where she's, Princess Bubblegum learns how to sit there, like, shoot um, candy out of her, out of her palms. Mm-hmm. And she's having a hard time with it. She's like, wait! And she's like, I can, it's like, she's like doing the molecular like breakdown of soda. She can shoot like yes. soda Avrapalms, soda Avrapalms. And she breaks the snow thing and like impales some of the candy creatures. She's like, oh, well, like end of episode. It's like, <laughs> okay, then like apparently any sort of character arc for this episode is, is just out the window. So see, that's another, another little pitfall of the balance I was trying to find uh, because that, was, that episode that the episode that you literally just mentioned is the lead-in to a mini-series about the elementals, like about Slime Princess, Flame Princess, Patient St. Pym, and um, Princess Bubblegum, and like them understanding what they really are in terms of you know the universe and what they represent. That's another eight episodes. <laughs> so oh that's where God. that story arc goes. That's, that episode was kind of like the introduction. But I knew that I had to give you that one because if you watch the finale and out of nowhere Princess Bubblegum starts shooting jelly beans out of her hand, which she does, you would have been confused. But now, you see, you're just confused in a different way. And that's great. Although, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I gotta say, uh, she, I, I did not find, like, the only character, I think even, I think almost all the characters are unlikable to a certain capacity. They all have they, flaws. They certainly I all have think, flaws. No, flaws is one thing. I, I, I would say straight out unlikable. Except for like Jake. And even he, like, some episodes, he just gets sidelined. Like, we're literally, he's, he's phoning it in. Like, he'll be on the phone with Finn. He's like, all right, buddy, hang in there. And he hangs up the phone. <laughs> yeah. He's literally phoning it in. Uh, he's the only character that's, and obviously, he is the comedic relief. Yep. That's his job as a character. But, like, yeah, I, good old I, like, I don't know. Like, there's even the one character where um, he's in the finale for a very brief moment. Or maybe the episode, or the penultimate penult- eh, episode okay uh he's the one where he's the i don't want to call him a cowboy but he's kind of like the he's got he looks zorro he has like, like the half of his face is bandaged up and he has the three kids in the minivan oh peace master peace master yeah. like there's that whole, there's that whole episode where she's like spot princess bubblegum has like a surveillance big brother state oh and he yeah. wants to defeat her and then the peppermint like servant like oh my lord possesses his kids or like uh, um <laughs> oh, what's the word he, he turns, turns them into, into demons. Like, he turns them into demons, and I'm watching the episode. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? And it just ends. It's like, 
what? Like, I, I, I'm like, I, I'm so confused. So, so that episode, I really love that episode because that was one of the, the, the reason I gave you that episode and maybe you didn't, the ending, uh, maybe you didn't get the ending exactly, but the whole time Peacemaster, Princess Bubblegum thinks Peacemaster wants to defeat her. Peacemaster doesn't care about her. He wants to defeat Peppermint Butler. And that's an episode that shows that Princess Bubblegum is so controlling that she just has tunnel vision. She can't see any threat as anything but to herself and her kingdom, even though he really wasn't a threat to her and her kingdom. That was the point of me adding that episode in there. But she, but, is, is, but none of this is resolved with her, though. Uh, so I guess, I guess that's where we have to go then, right? Is, is what do we get resolved with Princess Bubblegum in the finale? And this is one of the things that I think I would have liked fleshed out a little bit more. Because the first half of the finale, before the war can start, Finn has his nightmare juice that he, like, knocks everybody out with. And they all go into this, you know, dream world. And that's where kind of the, the battle between, well, Finn and Fern and uh, Princess Bubblegum and Uncle Gumball takes place. And really, the only kind of resolution that we get, it's very quick, um... Princess Bubblegum and Gumbald kind of relive an earlier scenario of theirs when Princess Bubblegum turned him into the punch bowl, like made him a dumb candy person. But they switch places, so Princess Bubblegum becomes the candy person, and Uncle Gumbald becomes the princess, becomes the new ruler of the candy kingdom. And Princess Bubblegum basically gets a, a very quick push through the life of a candy person. And basically, she finally gets to be put in the shoes of one of her subjects. And when she realizes that the Candy Kingdom isn't just hers, and the people aren't just part of her ownership, that the Candy Kingdom is just much theirs, just as much theirs, she realizes that the war doesn't need to be fought, that the Candy Kingdom is all of ooze, not just hers. That's what I took from the finale. They tried to wrap it up, but like I said, this is the first half of the episode, the first 20 minutes... The first five of the episode is Shermie and Beth, which isn't even Princess Bubblegum. So they wrap this all up with the grass demon stuff in Finn and Fern in 15 minutes. And man, I would have liked a lot more. I would have liked a lot more depth on Princess Bubblegum actually getting to feel these experiences and realizing that what she's been doing has been hurting people this whole time. No, did no, no, as in you, you get a very no, it didn't happen. You, I know, yeah, it's a bummer. all you get is a very um rushed resolution between her and the uh Uncle Bubblegum or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. and the female. Like, it's like, oh, we should make up, and he has to like, take the juice hidden behind his back, and it's like, oh man, I thought he had an epiphany for two seconds, and it's like, then like, who, yeah. who that is the ants, like, he might not have had the epiphany, but I did, and I'm like, you weren't even there, why would you sit there? <laughs> It's like what? So, so you it's, know what? That's rushed. That's um, the definition yes, of rushed. Yes, I agree with you. It is rushed. I I love what they tried to do with that. You know, her resolution. I wish they would have expanded it. But I'm glad you bring up that scene though, when you know he has the juice and the ant like uses it on Uncle Gumball, then he turns back into the punch bowl. That scene reminded me of. Uh, the Rick and Morty scene where, like, Jerry, Rick, and the person trying to kill Rick. I think the episode's called, like, the Whirly Durly Conspiracy, where Rick oh, takes... Yeah. yeah, and so they, like, go through a black hole or a wormhole when not being in their pods, and they experience cosmic apotheosis. Oh, God. 
I feel like our souls were united, and we're all one with eternity. Our bodies unchanged, yet our minds have lived a thousand lifetimes. Is that enough time for me to forgive you? I don't know, but it's enough time for a synaptic dampener to wear off. He hadn't decided he was still going to kill us. He was talking himself into it. I've seen it before. Cosmic apotheosis wears off faster than salvia. That It really made me think of that, where, you know, they go through this soul-changing experience, but then one of them just ends up dying anyway because they would have been evil no matter what. I don't know, I just, I, I saw that episode of Rick and Morty recently, and for some reason, I thought the two were somewhat similar. At least well, some the thing you bring up Rick and Morty, because this is like a, you can definitely see how one inspired the other, and then the other, then, then it's kind of, well, you can definitely see where Rick and Morty pulled from this. Mm -hmm. And then when Rick and Morty got off the ground, you could see where they then later on inspired Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. Beyond oh, just definitely. Justin Roiland's involvement as a, a voice actor in this. Mm-hmm. As Lemon Grab. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, the crazy I'll, never listen, I'll never be able to listen to Morty the same way again. <laughs> I, uh, I've always, ever since they announced that they were canceling Adventure Time, my fingers are crossed that one day we will get a Lemon Grab cameo in Rick and Morty. I would love that. That would be so cool! Because there is actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, Zach, there's a Finn and Jake cameo in Futurama, where, of course, Bender and Jake the dog are voiced by the same person. I, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Good old John DiMaggio. So we can hope one day Rick and Morty go to the uh, the lemon grab dimension or something. Or maybe in like an interdimensional cable episode, there's a, a clip of Adventure Time. I, ho I hope they're listening to this. That's a great idea. <laughs> It'll probably happen soon. Considering there's going to be supposed to be like 70 more episodes of Rick and Morty, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, God. Yeah, they got renewed for so many. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, you know, it's kind of a bummer. Like we said, the Princess Bubblegum is, is a little rushed, that wrap-up. But like I said, I like what they were going for. That's a good way to end that story. Get her to be empathetic. Get her in those shoes, you know. But I'm biased. And as Zach, I'm sure, is thinking, I'm... Um, Pulling a little, a few more details than maybe exist there because, you know, I want it to end a certain way. But I really, I really did get that she had this kind of switch of perspective. Did you have any questions about the Princess Bubblegum stuff? Anything that confused you beyond belief? <laughs> well, there's a lot that confused me beyond belief with this show. Well, you know, it's like, it was like, what was like the 99th percentile of confusion? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, there's, there's stuff that goes on that, like, I, again, I think, I forget what it was, the Grumbles episode. Or like the, I think that out of oh, the, the eight pages the of notes. Gravels, yeah. Gravels. Add the eight pages of notes. I think that made up uh, twelve of them. Oh, that's a lot of a lot of stuff in I, those episodes. And I just like I just like I'm like I, this episode's over my like, the the notes are over my head. The episode is definitely not meant for somebody just casually stumbling like, stumbling <laughs> into this. So I'm like checked out. I'm like I'll watch it, but I know most of it's just bouncing right off me. Okay. Okay. Um, I got find really weird. Like, you know what I'm gonna do, Rob? I'm gonna sit there find. Like, I wonder. Imagine if you gave somebody Twin Peaks and you started off with the last episode of The Return, then gave them sporadic episodes of the TV show, and said, "What do you think of this show in the finale?" That would be so cool. That's what you just <laughs> did to make. Sit with we have to, time. We have to like kidnap some people and make and like make them do this. <laughs> oh my god! Like, that's what you did. That's essentially. Now I think about it, it's kind of what you did, except I don't know. <laughs> You were the guinea pig, Zach. It worked so well. We're, gonna act, we're actually going to start kidnapping people now. <laughs> Make them watch weird shows? Yes. Out of order? 
yes, that's going to be like the spin-off podcast for Cinemodities. It's going to be like the forced Cinemodities viewing party or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the episodes are just going to be the, the commentary, like the recording of all these people going, why are we here? What are we watching? And then like every once in a while, someone's like, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> I need to get to my baby, mister. <laughs> oh, I dig it. I dig it. Okay, well... If we don't have anything else about Princess Bubblegum, because it was the thing that got rushed through, uh, I think the next big thing in this episode is the whole second half. Golb and Ice King getting saved. I think this was, you know, the part that I didn't really prepare Zach for with the episodes I gave him. I think this is a part that is very difficult to prepare for. The story of Ice King, Golb, Magic Man, who is now Normal Man, Maja, they're all kind of spread out throughout the series. They're all kind of disjoint, and they really came together kind of just in time for this finale. Um, it's great. Like I said, the only thing I really wanted ha to happen was for Ice King to be saved, for him to turn back into Simon, and they did it with the Wish Crown. So did I give you the episode, Zach, where it's like it takes place during dinosaur times, and like one of the characters is like a little lizard, and he like wishes to become the Ice King at the end of the episode? Did I give you that one? Evergreen? So. Okay, okay. Well, it's established, like, you know, the crown that the Ice King wears, it doesn't give him ice powers because it's an ice crown. It gives him ice powers because it's a wish crown that someone put on their head and wished to be the ice elemental. And so when they were in gold, it reverted back to its original state, finally giving someone the ability to make a wish. And Betty wishes for Simon to be safe. And it was great. That is a perfect way, that is exactly what I wanted to happen, and they delivered on it exactly. And so Simon gets to become Simon again, and the Wish Crown gets to fall on Gunter's head, who completes the cycle and wishes to be the Ice King, just like the original Gunter did. It was great. I absolutely loved that. Zach, I'm, I want to know if there's one thing you picked up on. It was a really quick detail. I don't think I gave you any episodes relating to this character, but do you remember when there was that flying carpet and there were people chanting on it. Yes. One one of the people hooked up to, like, the cords had their, like, X's for eyes and there was smoke coming off of them. Yes. Yeah, so that's Maja. Maja the Sky Witch. That's her name. Oh. So Maja is in a coma. The last time we saw her prior to this finale was in, like, season six, and she goes into a coma, and she just kind of gets taken away by the ancient psychic tandem war, element, war elephant, which we'll get of to course. in a minute. Of course. And this is the first time we've seen her in a while. She's still in the coma, but she's hooked up to Betty, who's trying to use her power. So before our characters get swallowed by Golb, or actually the thing that causes them to be swallowed by Golb, Ice King tries to stop Betty. And Betty's like, are you trying to stop me? Like, I'm trying to save you. And she gets really angry, and Maja wakes up. Do you remember this scene where she's like, supercharged Maja? Does this ring a bell? No. Okay, so it's very, very quick. Like, it is such a minor detail, but Betty gets really emotional. She gets so emotional that Maja wakes up from her coma. Maja's whole deal is that she feeds off emotional energy. Maja wakes up, she screams, supercharged Maja, and explodes. And that is the explosion that causes Betty and Ice King to fall into Glob's mouth. Oh, that? Why... Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 I remember that. So, so... Maja is literally in a coma for like three seasons. She wakes up and explodes. 
I love that. That is such a, a tiny detail, but it ends the Maja story arc. Maja is like a very bad big villain for a lot of the series. And she dies just because Betty is so powerful. I loved that. I haven't heard anyone else talking about that online yet, but that was a fucking great finish to the Maja story arc. That would suck, man, to wake up from a coma and then explode, right? <laughs> I hate when that happens. I know. That's one of my least favorite things. Okay, so that was a, a really, really cool scene. So, did you have any questions about the kind of the, uh, you know, before we get to the Shermie and Beth stuff? Because I think that's the next big thing I have to talk about. Was there anything else in there that you were confused by? Um, no. 99th percentile confusion? <laughs> I, I, I guess, because it's just, I don't know, it, it happened. It's, like, yes. I, wasn't com- I wasn't completely disenfranchised by it good good okay 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 right on Not so entirely disenfranchised by I guess, it. <laughs> partially disenfranchised <laughs> one of your eyes like was just you know moving away from the screen <laughs> just a little just a little so shermy and beth I, I i know you're you're curious to what the hell yes. shermy and beth is right okay so now Love that you've shermy and beth now that you've seen that first five minutes, because you said, you know, the first time you watch this, you missed that first five minutes. That's our bookends, you know, like our, our beginning is our, our Shermie and Beth and our end is kind of our Shermie and Beth. Uh, so I don't think Shermie and Beth are going to be major characters anywhere. I think, you know, maybe they'll appear in the comics. Um, I have not heard anything about plans to make a show revolving around them. But as Zach said, of course, someone could cut them a check and order, you know, eight episodes, Netflix perfect something like that it may happen who knows but i think the point of putting shermy and beth in here one it's been established already through the grables episode that the time when shermy and beth are living is uh, over a thousand years after the events of adventure time take place you know bemo is kind of discussing the war in the past tense the other part of introducing them is because it really shows that Finn and Jake have been reincarnated. So there is a very big part of the Adventure Time show that certain forces of the universe are so powerful, like the elements, you know, fire, ice, slime, and candy. Those are the four elements in the Adventure Time world. Those are so strong that even when the people who represent them die, they live on, they get reincarnated in some way. And there's this whole story arc of how Finn himself has been reincarnated. He has past lives as a butterfly, as Shoko, uh, someone who knew Princess Bubblegum when she was creating the Candy Kingdom, all that stuff. But I think Shermie and Beth are the next incarnations of Finn and Jake. And it's really, really important to know that. Because Finn, while he might be an important figure because he's been reincarnated before, Jake has not. And so I took Shermie and Beth, these bookends, and them existing in the future, talking to Bimo, getting to kind of learn about their past lives as saying that Finn and Jake's involvement, maybe not just in the gum war in this finale, but maybe as a whole contribution to Ooh and really the world, they were so important to the universe that they get reincarnated. And that's a that's a kind of nice little neat ending as well. If you interpret it that way, that kind of gives Finn and Jake the hero status that they deserve in the finale of Adventure Time. That's how I perceived that. Does that make some sense, Zach? Well, yeah. I, um... Okay. Once I, once I understood that there's a lot of, again, Finn's been reincarnated like uh, three dozen times between being mm-hmm. a butterfly, a comet, uh, yep. an Asian woman. 
um, all, all these different things. So no, it definitely makes sense. And it's also, I think even uh, one step before that, it's just, it's the spiritual success. So you have a little creature, well, you know, Finn's supposed to be a human. He doesn't look like a human from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a little uh, animal creature that's, the, and they're both exploring. It's adventure yes. time. That's just what it is. It's exploring. The adventures will never end, despite the fact that the characters might change. Yeah. That's Perfect. alien. I got it. I got the second time. That's what it was supposed to be. Right on, right on. So um, something that, you know, I think that is uh, certainly what they're going for. I think that's a clear motif of Adventure Time. It's a good way to interpret it. But there are some little hints in there. Um, the first time we actually see Shermie, when the camera pans to Shermie, the Finn reincarnate, a butterfly flies past Shermie. And I thought that was really cool. The other thing that we see, which is really neat, is we get to see Shermie eating cookies in the shape of Shermie's head. This was a very, very brief shot. It's a camera pan over, you know, at the very beginning of the episode. So Shermie is eating a Shermie cookie, if I may call it that. It is established in Adventure Time that Finn would make these cupcakes in the shape of his head called Finn Cakes, and only Finn could eat Finn Cakes. And remember, don't eat my special Finn Cakes. Finn only. Yeah, I get it. You don't need to tell me that every time you make Finn Cakes. And so in the future, this reincarnation has Shermie Cakes, and I would imagine that only Shermies can eat Shermie Cakes. I thought that was really, really cool. I thought that was a really nice little attention to detail touch that they threw in there. That and the butterfly the first time we see Shermie. Just kind of reinforcing that reincarnation. I thought, I thought, okay, part of my own research for this is I'm very disappointed Robin gave me. What the, you didn't give me any backstory on Fern. That wasn't in the notes. I don't think I got a single, well, you, oh yeah, you might have written like, like a dissertation on that though, but I didn't get one episode <laughs> about Fern. No, yeah, you didn't get any episodes about Fern, that's probably true. I'm sure I wrote a dissertation about it though, <laughs> one of those massive bullet points. Um but yes, Fern. I guess that's another conclusion we get in this episode. Fern is basically a, a, a clone, a copy of Finn's essence, of an entity of him, that is uh, gets kind of, you know, a parasitic grass demon attached to him, which is why he looks like grass. And they get their conclusion, and you know, if you remember in the finale, Finn actually, you know, destroys the grass demon squid thing that was attached to Fern. Did a... I guess I guess I, I'm sorry I'm sorry Zach I didn't I didn't all set I that up with all the, the reading. <laughs> I guess I got the very beginning of Fern in that when the when Finn gets the sword the, the grass sword I guess yes. that I, I got the very beginning of that story. Yes, that is the, in, the in, in, uh, instigation of all that story arc. Yeah. Yes, and I know in my own research for this, like the Fern thing is like a ma- like everything that I watched and read the Fern plot was like a huge part of it. It's like oh Fern, this is and that does play a role in this because obviously there's the whole thing during the. Uh, a collective nightmare sequence mm-hmm. where there are the demons of all that. And what happened to um, Ron per- the, the the demon Ron Perlman character? Ah, the Lich. So the Lich gets um, kind of wrapped up in an earlier episode in the season. Um, the Lich, well, wrapped up for the Lich is kind of difficult because it's established that there's a version of the Lich in every reality, basically, and some of them are traveling through realities. But there's a point in Adventure Time where the main lich of kind of the reality we follow, the main lich, uh, there's a whole series of events which basically leads Finn, Jake, and the lich to an, like an interdimensional prison. And in this story arc, when the lich is trying to release all these prisoners from this interdimensional prison to cause chaos, 
the prison gets destroyed, these entities that guard the prison are, dis- are you know, die in some way, and the blood that they release touches the lich, and the, the idea of these guardians' blood is that it gives life, and the lich is the thing that removes life, and when it comes into contact, when the lich comes into contact with this blood, it actually turns into, like, a giant baby. Like, it grows skin, muscles, veins, organs, things like that, and it becomes this giant baby. And there's a big part of Adventure Time that goes, is this baby going to be evil? And there's a wrap-up where basically the baby lich kills another lich from a different dimension or a different reality, solidifying that this lich that's been given life is now good to some extent. And we actually get to see that lich grown up at the very end of the finale. Does that so answer your that, question? Is, is that what Shermie's writing at one point? Or Yes, yes. So that the, the baby lich grows up. Its name is Sweet Pea. That's what they refer to it as. Um, and so we see Sweet Pea as a giant, and in the intro, Finn, uh, sorry, Shermie and Beth are riding on its uh, head and shoulders. Okay, cool. All right. Um, why? Okay, this is probably my last major question. Sure. I, I've always wondered this ever since I've ever seen, like, ever heard of Adventure Time. Oh, okay, okay. Why is Jake drawn like a Dilbert character? <laughs> like a Dilbert, like cat, like you've you've seen Dilbert cartoons, like the yeah, dog, it's a like dog, dog bird, cat. Dog bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why is Why is Jake drawn just like that? You know what? To be honest, I don't know. I don't know the origins of Jake um, because the the actual pilot of Adventure Time, the the true pilot, actually aired on Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon turned it down. Um, in that pilot, I think it's from two thousand five, and then Adventure Time actually aired on Cartoon Network in two thousand ten. Uh, that pilot Finn is drawn quite differently, and his name is actually Pen. I believe, P-E-N-N. I think his name is even different. But Jake looks almost exactly the same. So the inspiration for Jake might be solid. It might have been in you know the artist's head way from the beginning. I just don't know where it came from, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I do know that there are artists out there. Uh, the people who, who animate Adventure Time, like the original artist for Adventure Time that kind of set up the style of it in this 2D animation... Um, they are from, I think it's UC Santa Barbara. I might be getting that. It's one of the California schools, one of the UC schools. Um, this school is kind of known for their art program or animation program. Only pumps out people that do one specific style, and it's kind of this style. And oh, okay. a lot of artists, a lot of artists hate that. They hate when shows come out that fall into this same like, oh, you know, the school is just manufacturing these artists. Maybe that's where the the Dilbert style came from, or or the choice to draw Jake in that way came from. But like I said, I don't know for sure. All right. I'm good. Okay. As as more questions come up, you can feel free to ask them, Zach. You know that, right? Of course. (laughs) Okay. So I I think really that was everything I had to say about the finale overall. I love the Ice King wrap-up. Princess Bubblegum wrap-up needed more. Uh, there were, well, there was a lot of stuff I wish they could have touched on more, but of course, you know, they, they had to focus on different things. Um, and the Finn and Jake getting reincarnated is a nice little cherry on top. So if there's nothing else you have to say, Zach, I got some, I think I got some cool Easter eggs to point out. You ready? Voice acting? Oh, so, so Zach, Zach, voice acting, if I do it, will be an entire different episode. I know it will be. And so I, I am, that, I am that, choosing, I can go to the bathroom. I am choosing uh, not to do voice acting. If we want to do a bonus bonus episode for voice acting, I'll do it. 
But my voice acting notes are way too long to include before you have to go tonight. <laughs> it's longer. It's longer than the actual finale itself. The voice acting uh, it episode. It is. It is. Just to give a glimpse, because I think I'm pretty steadfast, and I don't want to get into that. I think there's more important things that we can get into for this episode on Adventure Time, because we're going to talk about Adventure Time again. You know, this is not the only episode on Adventure Time we're doing, okay? What? You gotta, you gotta know <laughs> what? that. We're going back. We're digging back into the great story arcs and all that stuff, so we can oh hit some voice acting then. Oh my god. Okay? Okay. I will say, just to give a peek behind the curtains, uh, I typed my notes for this one. I don't usually type my notes. I usually do handwriting. Uh, the amount of notes I have on the finale itself and the amount of notes I have on voice acting are the same length. About seven pages each. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Zach, I chose to just do the finale, okay? If, he showed restraint a, here, folks. I'm showing restraint. If there's a huge outcry and people really want to hear the voice acting, we'll do the bonus bonus episode. And, and you know, I'll probably have to just record that myself, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, some cool Easter eggs. I think that's much more interesting in this in this case to talk about with Adventure Time. So, uh, the intro, like I said before, is beaten to death. There are so many YouTube videos about analysis of the Adventure Time finale intro. It's crazy how many are out there. Uh, and the thing is that there's nothing really hidden, you know? It's, it's very obvious. If you know Adventure Time, you can pick up on these Easter eggs really, really quickly. Like, Shermie and Beth live in Marceline's house. We learn that from the intro, which is really cool because originally Marceline lived in Finn and Jake's house, in the treehouse. So you get a little, you know, kind of that duality coming back into play. I think the one thing that some people might not realize, or the one I haven't seen in all the lists, there's a scene where there's like a really old cat-looking creature that's like shooting a wand or something at the, the Gunter version of the Ice King. Um, this is Gibbon. This is one of Jake's grandchildren that we only see in one other episode as a vision of the future. Very interesting that they chose to bring this back. Uh, that's, this that's a question I had. Jake has a wife? Jake's wife is the is Lady Rainicorn. So it's like the rainbow that is a unicorn. That's Jake's Oh, wife. when that happened? I didn't know that. So I think they, they're in a relationship pretty much from the beginning of the series. Like maybe second season is when there's like an actual episode where they're like, there's, there is definitely an episode, I think it's second season, where Jake wants Finn and Lady to hang out because he wants Finn to be friends with his girlfriend. And then eventually, I don't think they ever technically get married, but they have children together. They have like hybrid of shape-shifting rainicorn and dog babies. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I know in the finale, they show the fact that like, isn't she boiling them? Yes, in Jake's nightmare. She's like preparing them. She's cooking them in some way, yeah. All right, just want to make sure I understood. Because I'm like, wait, Jake's married, and I didn't even like, <laughs> like, what's he yeah, even telling me this time? So his his children, he has five children. Um, three of them are voiced by the Bob's Burgers children. Oh really? So I, will, I will give you that voice acting crossover. Yes, the Bob's Burgers children are three of Jake's Jake's children as well. Um. So yeah, so we actually get to see one of Jake's grandchildren in the intro. So, you know, pretty crazy if this is, you know, assuming this is the a thousand years plus since the events of Adventure Time. Um, we do know that the these 
these dog rainicorn hybrids have a longer lifespan than usual dogs or rainicorns. So maybe it's not that weird that it's lived that long. Uh, but it does have one of the Ice King's crystals in its eye. I don't think we'll ever get resolution to that, but it was really cool to see Gibbon in there as kind of a throwback to Jake. Okay, that's the only one I want to touch on for the intro, because, uh, like I said, YouTube it, uh, everybody's talking about this. The next place I want to go to is Bimo's like, house. So at the intro, you know, Shermy and Beth, they go to see the King of Ooh, and the King of Ooh turns out to be Bimo, and Bimo becomes our narrator. So I don't know if you picked up on this, Zach, but Bimo is an unreliable narrator. He calls Finn Phil. <laughs> he says it's Phil and Jake. This is kind of a fact of Adventure Time. Bimo is very uh, hyperbolic, very emotional, very passionate. That's kind of his story arc as a robot, that he's the robot created to be, to feel, to give and receive emotion and love. And he's the king of Ooh now, which is pretty cool. Um, once again, you can find articles on this, all the Easter eggs hidden in the back of Bimo's house. Bimo basically has all these artifacts from very tiny episodes, or, you know, basically unrelated or irrelevant to the grand scheme of things, episodes of Adventure Time. And some of them are really obvious. Uh, you can pick out, you know, Princess Crown's Lumpy Space Princess's star, her gem that comes out of her head. Uh, you can pick those up, you know, Amo taken apart. There's Amo, there's Bimo. Bimo and Amo fight in one episode, Amo gets destroyed. We get to see here that BMO gets to take him apart in some way. All that stuff's kind of obvious. But I think some things that people haven't been noticing is that there's a magic wand from the pods. Zach has not seen this episode. This is one of the filler episodes, I guess I would call it. Finn and Jake are guarding these magical beans. They decide to plant the beans, even though they're told not to. And one of the beans grows into a giant pod that has magic wands in it. And Bimo has one of these magic wands in his house. It was really cool to see that. Another thing that I, th I don't think a lot of people have noticed is that Bimo has a framed piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, it very clearly says, Last night when I saw you writing yours. That's it. Plain English, it says, Last night when I saw you writing yours. There is an episode way back when of Adventure Time where for some reason Finn and Jake wake up and they decide the first one to talk loses. They decide to just play that game. And in the process, they create cards. They decide to talk to each other by writing things on these cards. And then as the episode goes, Bimo comes back. Bimo doesn't know they're playing this game. They don't want to talk because they don't want to lose. Bimo thinks they're actually imposters and tries to kill Finn and Jake. And they try and convince him that they're not imposters while only talking to him through these cards. And Bimo saved one of those cards in his little house. That was awesome to see. That one I actually didn't pick up on. I saw the little piece of paper. I googled the line, and I realized where it was from. That was a deep Easter egg. I thought that one was really, really cool. Deep cut, deep cut. Deep, deep cut, deep cut. Ooh, I actually think there's something I forgot to mention before, Zach. Another thing it, this made me think of. Betty, Ice King, and Maja, when they're chanting on their flying carpet, when they, like, fade away, when they disappear at the beginning of the episode and later on, they, like, fade away into static, like TV static. Did you notice that? Uh, no. So it's kind of like when they disappear, when they phase away, you can, like, very faintly see TV static just before they disappear. 
it remind it reminded me so much of how people go back and forth between the Black Lodge and Twin Peaks, like in the Return when um, oh, what Andy? Like when Andy gets taken into the the fireman's room or whatever. There's like the electricity and the crackling noise, and when he's like teleported to and from, you get like very faint TV static. Mm-hmm. I really thought that that really kind of drew that connection. It, uh, it's been a while since I saw the Return, but I love that aspect. Like when Dougie Jones comes out of a out of an outlet and it's like black smoke that forms him and you get to hear the static and the crackling noises. That's what this part of Adventure Time made me made me uh, think of. I hadn't seen oh. anyone referencing that as well. One that you might have noticed, Zach, which I wanna which I wanna know. I have seen some Reddit posts about this. Basically after the bulk of the events in the episode finish, uh, Fern is disintegrating, like his leaves are flying away. And he looks at Finn while part of him is disintegrating and basically says, I don't feel too good. Hey, Finn, I'm not doing so good. Does it start? I don't feel so good. Oh, wow. Okay. Ah. Did you notice that? Did you pick up on that? Yeah, I know someone, someone, on, I was one of the recap videos or like Adventure Time Finale Explained videos I watched, mm-hmm. like overdubbed it like, Mr. Finn, I don't feel too good right now. <laughs> that was kind of obvious, I felt. Like the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, really? Now, to be fair, I don't know. I don't really know when the finale was finished and in the can, you know, with how long it took them to release it. Who knows when it was done? Um, I don't know if it was before or after Infinity War. But, man, you can't you can't deny that that that's what it makes you think of. <laughs> like I, I, said, I saw I, that and did not think of that. Until oh, OK. I the, OK. Uh, well, see, you're doing you're doing good, Zach. You've done well enough to repress the horror that was <laughs> Infinity War. So you're oh thinking God. of a, things with a fresh mind. That is <laughs> good for you. Oh my lord! Adventure <laughs> Time finale was, I think, was better than the uh, Infinity War movie. Does that get me any brownie points? That, uh, I mean, that gets you points. I don't know if you get brownie points. You just get real points with me, Zach. You don't need brownie oh, points. You get real points. <laughs> but okay. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you on that. The Adventure Time finale was better. <laughs> okay. So another thing that I uh, I really liked, um, I mentioned before that one of the reasons I really enjoy Adventure Time is that when you watch it, kind of. In its entirety, you grow with the characters that, you know, Finn is kind of immature at the start. And then you get to see his trials and tribulations, how he grows up and how he deals with things in different ways. Something how old that is I, Finn at the beginning of the series? At the beginning of the series, I believe he is 13, I think, when the series starts. Hey, kids, Rob should have said 12. So by the time this ends, he's like what? Like he is seventeen at the time of the finale. Oh, so okay. So this so does, the series doesn't advance in real time. No, no. Um, there, there's actually an episode where we get to see his 17th birthday. Like, Princess Bubblegum has a party, and it's uh, I think it's like the beginning of the ninth season, almost. And they do that in other episodes where, you know, they'll try and mention it's Finn's birthday and type of thing, and, and Jake's birthday. So real time and the story's time do not match up, but there definitely is a, a, an established chronology in Adventure Time. Oh, yes, so Finn being immature. One of the things I absolutely loved when I first watched this show, when I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's so random, it's crazy. Uh, you get to hear some cool stuff. It, it was enjoying, enjoyable, entertaining. Finn was very aggressive. 
And I remember talking to one of my buddies who we both loved Adventure Time. I was like, literally any time Finn is faced with a problem in the first two or three seasons, the first thing he does is try to punch it. Like literally, literally any problem, whether it be an emotional problem, a physical problem, he's like, how do I punch it? Like that is his thing. How do I be aggressive with this? And that's, you know, part of what I loved is that they really established that in Adventure Time. And then we have episodes where Finn kind of realizes that that's not the best solution in every scenario. We get to watch that growth occur. But man, it was great when Finn, Ice King, and Betty are trapped inside gold in just a square room that they have no escape from. And Finn says, don't worry, guys, I'll get us out of here and starts punching the wall. It was really great that when Finn was faced with just something he had never had to deal with before, he had no idea how to handle it, he reverted back to that original instinct. And of course, that is not what gets him out. There's a, a better solution that you know he's not a part of. But I, I really, really like that throwback, because that was something that stuck with me from Adventure Time at the beginning. It always has. And we get to see Finn punch something again. It's great. <laughs> That was there even a line of dialogue of, like, Finn, this is not going to help, or... Most likely, yes. I'm sure Betty and Ice King... Well, Betty, uh, Ice King would have nothing to add when he's Ice King, because Ice King is clueless. But Betty probably said something like, that's not going to help, Golb is too strong. And of course he is. He even denies Betty's first two wishes when she puts the wish crown on, which is incredibly strong. If you're denying wishes, right? Uh, I'll get us out of here. Betty? It's good to see you, Simon. It's good to be seen. Hey, Ice Simon! Use the crown before we're totally crushed! Ah, it's not working! Finn, it's hopeless. You can't punch your way out of his guts. Okay. When she does make that wish, though... We get a great scene of some charcoal animation. That had yes. to stand out to you, right? When Golb was transforming into Betty Golb. We have seen that in Adventure Time before, in the Peacemaster episode. Um, I think there's a very brief sequence where we get some charcoal. That might not be charcoal, that just might be pencil. But this is full-on charcoal artwork, and I love it. I love how it's it's like out of focus and frizzy sometimes. I love the way it flows. It's not something I usually get to see in Adventure Time, and I'm glad I got to see it so much in this finale. What did you think of it? From a you know, no, that was that was outsider. that was cool. That was uh, no, that was cool animation. It's weird, but to be fair, I don't think any children are watching. I I, I would imagine the amount of children who watch this maybe made up five percent of the audience for this. Yes, show. yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> so, did it make you think of the wall at all? Not really. No? Okay, I, I guess uh, maybe a little bit of when there were, like, ribbons. Like, the, it was all black and white, of course, with the, which the wall was not in its animation scenes. But it was kind of like when there were ribbons of black moving around Golb's head. The way it kind of flowed made me think of some of the animated scenes in the wall. Um, you know, because we watched that so recently. And just, you know, kind of thinking of inspiration in the animation, things like that. But, that, yeah, I loved that scene. I thought that was a really, really interesting way to portray a wish taking place in the universe of Adventure Time. It was, because uh, before, whenever we've seen wishes, the very few times we've seen them, they just kind of take effect. You don't really get to see how they take effect. So it was a, a neat visualization of that topic. 
that's pretty much the end of the episode. And then we get the next, not next, probably most, the most dense scene of Easter eggs when the musical sings the full version of Come Along With Me. So, Zach, I don't think I explained the music hole to you. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not know what the music hole is. So, so, you know, after kind of all the events of the finale die down and Finn and Jake are like, you know, laying in the grass. And I think Finn said something like, man, I really almost bit it back there. Then it, the camera kind of zooms out and it shows that they're talking to just a giant hole in the ground. And the hole starts to sing <laughs> like this scene. Did this confuse you? At this point, if I wasn't already on board after uh, seven hours of, of adventure time, I was like, you know what? Oh, Why start challenging things now? Good, good. Okay, well, the musical is another, like, eternal entity in Ooh, and Finn, Finn is one of the only other things that can talk to it type of thing. And they, you know, talk about music, and the music whole, the episode where she's introduced is very much about music. But it was good to see her back because she is one of those kind of timeless things in Ooh. And she's really kind of the mouthpiece of the planet, you know, the planet singing, come along with me, you know, we've saved it, Mother Nature type of thing. Once she starts singing, this is where they were basically like, okay, let's jam in as much as we can of the characters we didn't get to hit on in this finale. And this is the other thing, you can go to YouTube or Google articles, so many people have been breaking down all the Easter eggs in this thing, and just, you know, there's so many to see, and once again... If you know Adventure Time, if you're a diehard fan, you're going to pick up on a lot of them. And they're cool. They're good. You get to see some, you know, wrap-ups to characters, you know, we haven't seen in a long time and you might have been thinking about. Uh, one of the major ones, of course, is that the humans sail back to Ooh. So Finn and Jake are lying on the beach and there's all these ships coming to them and the humans are on there. So the humans actually live on a set of islands, which is believed to be Hawaii. And they're actually finally coming back to Ooh. They left because of vampires. The one thing I really want to point out in this finale is the bittersweet part of it. I think that the ending is played very much as happy, but there is one shot in that outro scene that is very, very sad, and I think it makes the ending a little bit bittersweet. It only shows up for two seconds. It's got to be, you know, maybe a few hundred frames or something. And it is a shot of Simon as Simon, so the Ice King as his true human form, standing in front of Prismo. There's a big pink person who's just a shadow, like he's pressed up against the wall. That's Prismo, who's been established back in season six, five and six. And Prismo shrugs his shoulders. There's no, there's no words, there's no dialogue. Prismo shrugs his shoulders, and as he shrugs his shoulders, a little trash basket with a basketball hoop on top of it, appears in front of the Ice King, like shorter than him, you know, go up to his knees. I, I'm sure you did not pick up, up on this scene, Zach, because it's so tiny. So Prismo shrugging his shoulders and just a waste paper basket shows up. This, this is actually a big deal because many, many seasons ago, when we get a little bit of backstory on Magic Man, Magic Man talks about how Golb took away his wife, Margles. So Golb, the same creature that, you know, they defeat in the finale, was responsible for taking away Magic Man's loved one. And in that backstory, they say that Magic Man goes to Prismo because Prismo grants wishes. And Magic Man wishes for Margles back. And the only thing that happens when he makes this wish is a waste paper basket appears. 
So literally, Magic Man could not wish Margles back from gold. What do we get in this two-second scene in the finale? Simon finds some way to get back to Prismo. He wishes for Betty back, and he can't do it. And that's a fucking bummer, man. That's some sad shit right there. That they give me what I wanted, they get Ice King saved, but now in turn, Ice King can't save Betty. And that's that's the only thing they're ever trying to do in the whole series. So really, we get that little bit of open ending. And it's well, bittersweet. It's sad. Yeah, one of the things I, I watched uh, explain that scene, the fact that he goes, because obviously I didn't know who Prismo was. Mm-hmm. And they explain what you did, that Prismo has the ability to uh, grant wishes. Yes. Not the trash can part. They no mention of the trash can. Oh. They mentioned the fact that, um, obviously, Prismo failed in bringing Betty back. The trash can makes that. I'm glad I added that, because I know other people are talking about this. This is something that, you know, the diehard fans will certainly look at, because Prismo is a huge deal. The wish person who can grant wishes in Adventure Time. Um, but the trash can is super important, because we see it before, you know, when we get the seed of Magic Man making that wish, and just to see Simon get it again, man, that sucks. That sucks. Everything else is pretty happy, though. <laughs> well, did someone I, say that in the opening you can see uh, Finn and Jake's graves or something? There's a memorial site to them? So, I think it's a little ambiguous if it's a memorial and their grave, or just a memorial. Because you do kind of see two giant statues that look like Finn and Jake. Like, you kind of see the shape of Finn's hat, and you see, like, a dog-shaped body like Jake is, but they're toppled over. So it could be a grave, like a monument at their grave. It could just be a monument that they saved, kind of, you know, or something that they did to save Ooh at a certain point. Maybe it could be built by the humans, because we see that the humans come back to Ooh, and they might see Finn as... Finn and Jake as their savior, like they were the ones who made Ooh safe and came and got them from the islands to bring them back to, you know, where they were originally from. So I think it's ambiguous. I will tell you, though, I thought it was a grave the first time I saw it. The way it's depicted with some flowers, it's a little kind of, you know, well, maybe the color scale of the whole intro adds to this. It's a little darker, I think. So I I did think that originally, but I I do think on second thought it's ambiguous if it's a grave or just uh, a statue to memorialize an event that, you know, happened during their lifetime. So, Zach, the Adventure Time finale. What a wild ride Adventure Time was, right? <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Basically, the last, like, 72 hours have been nonstop Adventure Time. Every morning I wake up, Adventure Time! <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm likely going to rewatch the entire series at some point in the near future, now that it's over. Uh, I think I might have said this on the podcast before. I very rarely watch shows before they're over. I like the whole show to be done so I can binge it. I hate waiting like a week for my shows. I hate like watching it at someone else's schedule. Adventure Time was one of the only things that I, I did not wait till it was over. And I paid for that. I I fucking hated waited three months to get four new episodes. That was terrible. Did you coin a new term, quote, hate waited? Hate waited? Did you say that? Is that a new I, term? To I, hate I, wait I, stuff? Like you hate I, watch something, you hate waited it? You hate, you sat there like for the six years they made you you're like, Arr! you're sitting there, like in a chair in an empty room just like <laughs> growling and scowling at nothing? That is literally what I did. I intended to say that I hated waiting. Oh, but I really, so fun. but I like hate waited. That's good. 
you so you might have coined that term, Zach. <laughs> to hate wait something. You're well, waiting for something. Yes. You're ha- hate waiting. You're waiting for something, and you're hating. You're hating the process of waiting. Yes, I like it. Hate wait. I had. I made the decision to hate wait. Adventure time. I paid for it, but it's paid off. It's now over, and I can binge it all together. I love you, Adventure Time. Thank you so much. One of my favorite shows ever, and soon to be one of Zach's favorite shows ever. <laughs> to be determined. TBD. All right, Zach, if you don't have anything else, I think we got to get into snacks, right? Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun one. So I think I've prepared something a little different than what you might have. I know you're the snack master. It's established that I completely acknowledge you are the snack master. you got the good snacks. So I figured you'd have some great things to say about this, the snacks for the finale. I'm going to pitch some ideas, of course, snacks for the finale, but they're going to be of some of the famous foods we've seen prior in Adventure Time. Did you have any uh, anything that jumped out at you from this finale, snack-wise? Well, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit, candy, lemons. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of low-hanging fruit here. <laughs> yeah, because the cake, bananas, the banana guys. <laughs> well, those are all people, so we don't necessarily eat them. But I mean, you know what? So are you, you saying think we don't eat? Are you, are you they're saying, sentient? Are you saying that we would have like a platter of all these foods? Is that what you're getting at? I'm trying to think of food that's a little bit uh, well, because Adventure Time is so surreal. They, do we ever see them really eat anything in Adventure Time? Um. Yes, we do, but not oh, okay, not consistently. Okay. All right, I have to ask. What's up with the bacon pancakes like thing? What? Why is that like? It, well, I was. Cause I don't know what version you watched, but obviously I'm watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And like for like um, commercial bumpers, they had like you've been with us for ten years. Sorry, the fact that the show's only eight years old. Yeah. Um, they're like you've been with us for ten years. It's like okay, apparently ten years, whatever. And they're like, you've been there since the beginning. You've been there for bacon pancakes. It was a bunch of like kids and adults like, I'm making bacon pancakes. You have like some guy who's like like 40 years old, like like a neck beard. I like making bacon pancakes. Why? Because even in your notes, you Mm -hmm. put down, um, this is the famous bacon pancakes episode. I'm like, oh, I I knew that before. I knew that was a thing. Again, that was a very, if I've seen that GIF once, I've seen it a million times, the bacon pancakes GIF. Absolutely. But why is that? It's literally a two-second moment. Why is it taking on this, like, meme level? (laughs) Okay. Um, I think one part to answer that question is I have no idea how memes take off and how meme culture actually, like, how a meme, you know, like, acclimates or or, um, incubates and things like that. Uh, I think just, you know, like Zach said in the episode, it is very short. Jake is just cooking, and he's like, making bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Uh, puts a bacon in a pancake, that's what it's going to make, you know, that type of stuff. I do know that around the same time that became a very popular meme, someone mixed that. Someone mixed the exact audio from Adventure Time of Jake singing with the Beyonce song New York. I'm pretty sure it's called New York. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes.
And it matches together almost perfectly. Like the transition from the end of Jake singing Making Bacon Pancakes into Beyonce doing the chorus where she's like, New York, the city where dreams are made of. You know that song? I think that's is that, is that Alicia Keys? With Jay-Z? No, I think that's Beyonce. Oh, is, are, are you thinking Empire State of Mind or? That might be the name of the song as well. I, I think that, you know, I don't know that song, but oh, there okay. is there is a blend of the bacon pancakes with a Beyonce video. I know it's Beyonce in the video. I'm, I'm very confident. Uh, hey, kids, now Rob's confident that he's wrong. And it blends together perfectly. And this was a huge viral hit because it matches up so well. Like the, the uh, note Jake ends on is the note at the beginning of that chorus in the song, and it just fits perfectly. So that might have added, that the viral aspect of that might have added to the success of Bacon Pancakes. But it's definitely one of the memes of Adventure Time. And it is one of the snacks that I was going to suggest as a very famous well, snack okay, I, from I this show. My snack. I followed my snack. Okay. All right. As everybody knows, I have many nicknames on this podcast. Oh, I God. am Odd Zach. <laughs> I am... The Lego Maniac. I am the Connoisseur of Context and the Snack Master. But for once, we are going to break new ground and we're going to combine two of the names. Oh, Jesus. I am the Snack Master and the Connoisseur of Context. So when Rob <laughs> gave me the 45 pages of notes on this show, mm -hmm. I said, oh, God, me being the Connoisseur of Context went too far. So my snack is you eat the context notes because there are so oh. much to them. You eat the context notes. So you're eating Rob's 800 pages of description <laughs> on Adventure Time. Oh, my God. I love it. I actually love it because th this, this would have to go on the menu at the Cinemodities restaurant. Yes, definitely. So that way people – would have the choice if they want to read this or not before they eat it, or they just eat it, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure which is worse for you, reading all of it or eating it. You, you like, eat it as you read it, you know? One's like, physically painful, the other's <laughs> mentally painful. <laughs> See, I think this might go really well, like, a page out of the, of the notes, of the context, might go really well with some of the caviar coming out of the wall. Like, maybe we offer that as, like, the pairing. Or was it caviar or was it salt dyed black? I can't remember. I, I don't know. Was I, it both? I, I think I say caviar because I think that'd be a little more appealing to people okay, as well, a wall. We, gotta have, we have to have both options because caviar isn't vegan. So if we want the vegan option, it'd have to be the salt coming out of the wall, dyed black. So we ha we'd have both. We'd have both. I like that. What do you think? So we have two, we have two holes in the wall where there's something black pouring out of it? Well, this is going to be one of the biggest sellers, so I think that oh, we're going to have, okay. like, multiple points in the restaurant where they can get this, like, just coming out of the wall. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then maybe there's some VIP tables where they just have a little fountain of it in the center. Ooh. Yeah, high, the high roller table. <laughs> Dad, you have to call in advance for that. Yes, oh, absolutely. Reservations are required. I, okay, I like that idea, Zach. You eat the context. I would suggest reading it first. Zach, maybe not, <laughs> but you know, I, I dig it. So bacon pancakes, like I said, that was going to be one of my snacks. Fin cakes, we said before, if you can actually make a fin cake, I'm sure someone has like, I don't know, a Pinterest post or whatever they're called. Or Tumblr. Or Tumblr or, you know, whatever, where they have like, hey, I made a fin cake, you know, and they have like one really good one. And that's the picture of it on their, on their little post about it. So those, those are, I think, you know, the two famous ones that when you think of Adventure Time, you think of the bacon pancakes and the fin cakes. But there are two others that I thought of 
that I always think of with food and adventure time. And I'm so excited we do our snacks on this. One of them is sausages. So sausage exists in the Adventure Time universe. Don't ask me how. I don't think, like, any of those animals to make sausage or pork or beef exists in the Adventure Time universe, but they have it in many episodes. But they don't call it sausage. They call it sassage. And there is actually one episode where Finn and Jake are like, man, we're hungry. And Finn says, man, we should tell Bimo to cook us up some sausages." And Jake says, I'll use the sausage flare. And he pulls out a flare gun and he shoots it into the sky and it displays the word sausage. And it's spelled S-A-S-S-A-G-E. <laughs> so that's my next snack. You eat sausage, but you call it sausage. And if you're really trying to be a diehard fan, when Finn and Jake eat that sausage, they dip it in cream. So Ooh. that that yes, I agree. Ew, but that's that's how they eat it. I think it's cream. Like it might be like a milk, but it looks like it's a, a cream container. So sausages, that's a good one. Um, I now regularly call sausages sausages. I love that. Love it. The other one is actually really cool. In one episode called Time Sandwich, the episode starts where Jake actually constructs what he calls the most delicious sandwich ever made. And so now, how can we not eat this with the Adventure Time finale, right, Zach? No. <laughs> so I went back to that episode because he actually lists the ingredients that go into this sandwich. So I think, here we, is this breaking new ground, Zach? We're not only going to give a snack to our audience, we're going to tell them how to make it. Is that breaking new ground? Does it deserve the I think, we need, I think we, need, we, need a, we need a disclaimer scream. Here we go. The most delicious sandwich ever made. Toasted baguette. Cream cheese. Dill. So far, so good. Prismo's pickles. I don't think Zach uh, knew this about Adventure Time, but now that he knows a little bit more about Prismo, it is a thing in the show that Prismo actually makes his own homemade pickles. And so Jake has them and uses them on this sandwich. It's going to be tough for us to get Prismo's pickles, or whoever's making this, but I'm sure they're out there. Diced boiled eggs. Who doesn't love a good old hard-boiled egg cut up? A bird from the window. He literally take he literally takes a bird from the window and puts it in the pot when he's cooking all this stuff, uh, you know, like the sauce down. There's a bird from the window. Sliced cucumbers, sliced Roma tomatoes, sweet yellow onions, sous vide meat with rosemary and thyme. So sous vide is a way of cooking where you like wrap the food in a in a plastic bag and then you put it in like a steamed. It's kind of like pressure cooking, but you're adding different layers to it. Uh, so a meat of your choice. I think he just says meat in the episode. Bacon, another meat. Tears for salt. And a lobster's soul. And that is the last ingredient in the most delicious sandwich ever made. I want to try making this. I think I'm going to have the most problem with the pickles, getting Prismo's pickles. I think I could do everything else. The lobster soul might take some work, but I I would bet you I could do that. I could get that soul out of a lobster. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Does that sound like the most delicious sandwich ever made? Definitely sounds like an uphill challenge when it comes to uh, making one. I mean, so like the, the tough ingredients are only the pickles, the bird, and the lobster soul, right? We can get all the other stuff. I guess. The bird, the bird is probably easy, too. What kind of bird? Well, 
from a window. That's actually the tricky part. It's just, not, not, it's, it has to be on the window. It's, it's, he literally just says the bird from the window. <laughs> okay. So not a specific bird on the window. Yeah. So he used the bird that just happened to be on his window at that time. We would need a bird on a window somewhere. I think that would just, that is the criteria. So those are the only, there's only three challenging things to that. If you took those off, I mean, you could, if I don't well, you take the bird off completely lobster soul, you take out, you could use someone else's pickles. That might still be a pretty good sandwich. All right, check Most, back. Check back next week, folks, when we read uh, Rob's obituary about the <laughs> voice cast adventure time when he died from eating this sandwich. <laughs> yeah, this the, the the cold open of the next episode is going to be Zach saying, "The legal team tells me I have to say we can't make the most delicious sandwich ever made. It killed Rob. It'll kill you." <laughs> and Rob's obituary will be the voice acting re- dissertation yes. of Adventure Time. <laughs> that will be his obituary. <laughs> It's gonna be um, it's gonna be my obituary, and it's gonna be on my tombstone. It's gonna, it's gonna be like carved into my casket. It's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, that was the last snack I had for you, Zach. That sandwich, the most delicious sandwich ever made. Did you have any other snacks? Any others that you thought of while I was screaming at you? No, I don't think so. I think okay. uh, eating the notes was the high point for me. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. Um, if we can get good with these tough ingredients, maybe we'll put this other sandwich on the menu at the restaurant. But who knows? Who knows? We still got time to finish up that menu, right? 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 I hope so. Oh, God. Neither of us know. Okay. So, Cinemodity or Late Night Movie? Or Late Night Media? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say right off the bat, no. This is not a Cinemodity. This is just a grand experience of a show that I came to love. There's nothing really weird about this in terms of the rest of Adventure Time. It wraps up the story, as far as I'm concerned. So this is the finale of the whole show. What was that? Finale or just or the whole show? The finale I'm talking about specifically. So I would say not cinemodity, and I would say not late night movie, because this isn't something that I think you could just throw somebody into, as Zach has told me explicitly. <laughs> um, I and I also, like I said, I don't think it's weird. Uh, I guess a good way to put it is. There are other episodes of Adventure Time that I would show as a late-night movie and would consider a cinemodity, just not the finale. It's more of the standalone episodes of Adventure Time that aren't too dredged in story, that need context. There's some episodes of Adventure Time that just kind of exist, and they're self-contained, and it's about a character we don't usually focus on. Those are the cinemodity aspects of Adventure Time. Those are the late-night ones. This, this was a great finale, it just has way too much story, I think, for me to fall into either of those categories. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'd say neither for both. Um, I think the Adventure Time as a show has cinematic potential. Yes. I don't know. It was a late night movie, like Rob said. There's some weird elements you could throw that throw in there, but um, no, I, there's potential for cinematics because there is a lot of weird crap to it. It does a, it does a very interesting job of building its mythology for a kid show. Yes. I put the word kid show in like 16 quotation marks. Yeah. yeah. An, an originally intended kids show. <laughs> sure. Sure. Much like how courage was an originally intended uh, children's show. Yeah, exactly. It, they, they go off in different directions pretty quickly. But yeah, uh, no, this, this is a neither vote for me. Okay. Okay. We agree. Well, uh, this is our second bonus episode ever. I believe first one being, soldado of the soldado harder or whatever it was yes. called 
we did we say no to that one as well on both counts, all counts. Um, I think so. I think okay, I yeah, wasn't I too thrilled with that movie, and you were you were lukewarm to positive on it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it for the reasons you didn't like it because it was just the you know the goofy. I don't like dirt roads. Effing <laughs> <it> all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So maybe I guess we got our bonus episodes are not falling into these categories, but they're worth talking about. I dig it. Anything else you got about Adventure Time, Zach? No, I think that's it. Okay, right on, right on. Like I said, I will try my hardest to make sure we get back to Adventure Time at some point. <laughs> we have some definitely those cinematically potential episodes to discuss. But for now, the finale, like we said, it's been a wild ride, Adventure Time. So our outro, I think this is the one time, Zach, we know how to finish the song, uh, the song, finish the episode, right? It's still not too late to add the Gremlins theme going backwards. See, I think that, you know, no matter what I do, you're going to pepper that Gremlins theme song in somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Somehow. So, so like I said, we're going to get in the great cover of the Adventure Time outro by Ann and Spirity Complex. And stick around to the end, because something that they did, which is really, really cool, is they did not just cover the outro song, Come Along With Me. They actually covered the outro parts that air on TV. So like the production company sounds and things like that, like the good old Hanna-Barbera noises and stuff. Pretty cool. They did a great job as far as I'm concerned. I think Zach is still like, Jesus, this is, this is raucous. <laughs> this inferiority complex thing just won't go away. It won't go away. <laughs> and I have a, I think I have an inkling that it's only going to get more prevalent later on in our podcasts, but who knows? So in thanks a for the intro. podcast at least. Yeah. Thanks for the intro. Thanks for the outro. Don't forget to check out the show notes. We've got that link to a, another Adventure Time cover for you. Other than that, bye, Adventure Time. Adios, Jake uh, and the little Twinkie, or the pig riding the Twinkie. <laughs> Butterflies and bees We can wander through the forest And do so as we please Come along Cliff beside a sea.